0: Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is episode 223.
1: We envisioned what's coming and we just saw more of the same. I mean, we knew if we kept going down the route we were going, we probably would eventually get a bigger house and a nicer car. But I think just somewhere deep inside, we knew that that wouldn't ultimately leave us feeling any more fulfilled as as human beings than we are right now.
0: Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. You're ready to set your mind on fire Then prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's Firestarter is Brandon Pierce. Since 2010, Brandon Pierce has been traveling full-time with his wife and three daughters, now ages 14, 12, and 6. In that time, they have visited and lived in over 36 countries while world schooling and running an online business which is Music Teacher's Helper. Having optimized his business to run in a four-hour work week, Brandon now spends his time on passion projects that inspires other families to live their travel dreams. Brandon is the founder of Family Adventure Summit, an epic event for families interested in long-term travel, location independence, alternative education, entrepreneurship, community, family relationships, and more. With another family, he and his wife also hold an immersive retreat in Romania each summer. This retreat is limited to just 10 families and during the course of three weeks provides the tools and knowledge needed to connect more deeply with each other and the world and live their long-term travel vision. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you, Rebecca. My audience knows I love travel, so we're really excited to hear more about your World School adventures and also how you make this work. But before we get into any of that, do you want to briefly tell our audience just a little bit more about yourself?
1: Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. It's always a pleasure to be able to share my story. As you read, we've got uh, three daughters, and we have been traveling for the past uh, nine, 10 years, really, when you when you count the first year, which was kind of a, a test uh, period for us, but we uh, are currently here in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, one of our our favorite places in the world, where we we like to spend a lot of time. And right now, I mean, I'm just super passionate. my My whole life, my whole focus, pretty much is is going toward uh, these projects that are helping families. Uh, tune into themselves more and kind of live and create the lives that that they want to live.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, I kind of want to hear about the inspiration behind these family travels. I mean, that's got to have some sort of beginning of how you're like, you know, where where do we start? I mean, unless you've started this way from, you know, as a youth yourself, <laughs> but I want to hear the inspiration behind that.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I, ever since I was a kid, I did always want to travel. But I mean, honestly, once you know, I got married and had kids and we had the mortgage and the job and everything. It just it was totally out of the the picture. I I'd never even considered doing something like this seriously until our business reached a point where I realized, you know, if I if I organize it and run it in such a way, we could really do this from anywhere. And it was also we were also feeling a, a large degree of stagnation uh, in our in our personal growth, just kind of doing the same things every day with the same people over and over again. And we just knew we needed more uh, adventure, I guess is is a good word, but also really personal growth and a chance to explore not only the world, but ourselves uh, at a deeper level and be able to connect uh, more as a family. Because we we were feeling pulled in many directions. as so many of us do right in in the modern cultures that we live in, uh, so many distractions. And it was hard to uh, hard for us to really center ourselves as a family until we tried uh, being together 24-7 in a few different circumstances and it just revolutionized the way we live.
0: That's awesome. So was the fact that you had like a business that you felt like you could do this or did you work yourself into a business where you, you know what I mean? Was it the the desire for the lifestyle that was driving it or you all of a sudden found out that, okay, we can do this type of thing? Uh,
1: what it, did that look it, like? Yeah, it was actually a gra- very gradual process. Uh, I actually never even intended to start a business. I just wanted to be a computer programmer, but ended up writing this little program for my piano students, or for me, really, to help me keep track of my piano students. Decided to turn that into a business after years of, like, long hours and, and heavy work. Was able to build it to the point where it could support us, to where I could quit my job. And it was at that point, uh, even, even after that, where... We still weren't thinking about long term travel, but we were feeling the sense of stagnation. It was around this point where we were reading books like The 4-Hour Workweek, Maya Frost, New Global Students. That's a fantastic book that inspired a travel journey in a big way. And even books like uh, The Power of Less by Leo Babota about minimalism and, and how much we actually need to, to be happy. All those things kind of inspired us on our journey.
0: When you said you've been doing this for 10 years, um, I think the power of the work week's been out that long, but minimalism is kind of a new concept. I'm mean, At least that's maybe I'm just coming to it at this point. But we kind of hear about that, the whole American dream of having the house and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, how did you really find the ability to free yourself of those things? Does that make sense? Like some people have a yep. really hard time letting go of that kind of stuff. Well, we looked ahead to the future.
1: Really, is what we did. We we envisioned what's coming, and we just saw more of the same. I mean, we knew if we kept going down the route we were going, we probably would eventually get a bigger house and a nicer car. But I think just somewhere deep inside, we knew that that wouldn't ultimately leave us feeling any more fulfilled. As, as human beings than we are right now. Yeah. And we knew we needed to go in a different direction in order to create that in our lives.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love the idea that you really have to look at your own happiness. I mean, sometimes the, the mundane things that we do isn't bringing us that satisfaction that we feel. And some people just have learned to ignore that. And so I think that's really cool that you were very conscious of that, I guess, that you weren't happy or whatever. But I'd love to hear more about how you created this financially. I mean, you talked about creating this business of um, helping your music students. But I, you know, as I'm looking at your show notes, you have a a number of different, looks like online businesses. Is that how you, do you have a number of things or is it just this one thing that's helping (laughs) to create it
1: yeah it started out with just that one thing just music teachers helper and for years that's the only business that I had and the only business I really needed and still need I mean it, it's providing all of our income really but as I mentioned it it got to the point where I was I was working four hours of work four hours a week on it which a lot of people think that's a myth you know four-hour work week ah, it's just a, it's just this a thing you can't really do that but I, I actually do literally work less than four hours a week which that's is fantastic crazy. yeah however after years of doing that and traveling the world. And it's a wonderful experience. But inside, I felt like, you know, I I want to do more than just travel the world and, and, you know, indulge in my own self-interest. Like I want to create something that's really serving and helping other people. And that's where all of these other projects that I've created stem from.
0: We're definitely going to get more into that. I'd love to hear how you feel like travel really helped educate. I mean, what did it fulfill for you and your family just by that travel?
1: You know, the, it, from day one, or maybe not, maybe day two, we decided to take the six-week trip to Panama. Before we we wanted, before we were thinking of like, let's just sell everything and go. We said, let's make sure this is going to work for us. So we we booked a plane ticket. We went to Panama six weeks. I was doing the four-hour work week. I was focusing intently just on being together as a family, and we were we were together twenty-four-seven everywhere we went. And our girls were five and three at the time, so really young. But I just remember these moments of just incredible, an incredible sense of connection and bonding that we had never really felt up to that point and a, a feeling of freedom to where we could actually stop and smell the roses, you know, like literally look at the the caterpillars on the side of the road if our daughters pointed them out or just listen to the birds and stop what we were doing. You know, we had the freedom to do that because we we gave it to ourselves and to our children and it transformed us. And that's, I mean, that's just one area that travel transforms. It's the very first one that we noticed. It's just this, we didn't realize how hectic and rushed and and crazy our our lives were until we slowed down.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and
1: we paused to listen to each other and to ourselves.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know that until we change directions and And like you said, pull yourself out of that. So, and you said that you started this ten years ago. So that would have meant you had what a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Is that right? Or were they older than that?
1: They were. They were five and three. Okay. Yeah, they were five and three. We left in January of two thousand and nine for Panama, and then when we sold our house, when we came back, we decided let's let's just sell everything, sell our house, sell our stuff, and and we're going to make this more permanent. And we moved to Costa Rica, and by that time they were six and four.
0: Okay, six and four, and then you had one in tow. As you were doing this, right? That's got to be challenging. Um,
1: yeah, we, we weren't expecting that. We were in Costa Rica uh, six or eight months in and we're like, yeah, I think we're about ready to move on. And then we discovered we were pregnant. <laughs> so we, we decided to stay another year and and have a baby there.
0: That's awesome. So
1: our our third daughter was born in Costa Rica.
0: <laughs> well, like I said, that must have been a challenge. But I want to hear about maybe some challenges that you've had along the way, and what you kind of learned from this. I I just imagine like, well, just moving. Like so, I, I moved this summer, and just going through our stuff and getting rid of it was challenging for me. But I would imagine there's got to be other challenges that maybe you have, um, especially traveling and you have little kids and stuff like that. I'd love to hear that and what you've learned from those things.
1: Yeah, and you know, honestly, the ch- challenges change over time as well. Uh, well, some of them stay the same. There's always <laughs> the packing and unpacking, right? Although uh, there have been times when we've just traveled with carry-on luggage only, or just a backpack each, and that's that's quite easy uh, if you can learn to live with with less stuff. But the I think the biggest challenge for us, and for a lot of families who we've met on the road, uh, and let me digress just a little bit. I mean, when we started, we didn't know anybody else who was doing this, and it's it. We thought you know we were the only ones we were really we we were among the only ones because there were just a handful of families but now this has exploded into more of a movement where there are thousands of families out there doing this um, so we've we've met many of them we've done surveys and everything with the family adventure summit one of the biggest challenges that families face on on this with this type of lifestyle is friendship relationships sustaining mm. uh, relationships are when our kids were 5 and 3 or or under 8 really they were so flexible to go along with anything we were doing. And we had a blast. Everything was a playground to them. But as they got older and they started you know, forming relationships and as we were staying in places longer, uh, it was wonderful. But then when it came time to say goodbye, that was very difficult and still is. I mean, we have the digital technologies available to us today, which are so helpful uh, so that they can stay in touch Through video chat or other types of chat or whatever, playing online games together, whatever it is across the world, they do that and they love it. But uh, a lot of our travels now because of this challenge are centered around the people that we want to Interact with and the friends that our kids have already made on the road, so that we can go and spend time with them again.
0: Yeah, well, and that I—I I would imagine that would be a challenge. And um, the only people that really, you know, that are maybe close to you are family, and I'm sure most of those are like, "What? <laughs> are you insane?" You <laughs> know. So yeah, to have some like um, connectability where you feel like you have some friends that are maybe doing this thing, really kind of a struggle. How do you educate your family? Are you guys unschoolers, or do you pack? You know. Do you pack a curriculum around every way? And um, how do you use travel to help with your education?
1: Yeah, when we started out, we kind of did a more traditional, let's just follow the, the cur- school curriculum and try to keep up. Uh, we quickly found that that wasn't really working well for us as a family and for our kids. They weren't wanting to learn that way from us. And then it kind of led into what we do now, which, yeah, you could call unschooling. We like to call it interest-led learning, where we support our kids to learn the things that they're passionate about and encourage them and provide resources and classes and and teachers for them to learn. It goes deep as they want to in their interests. Um, Our oldest right now is – well, she's really been into singing and songwriting. She has a number of songs up on iTunes and Spotify and now she's also doing uh, she's working as a video editor for a, a popular children's vlog. And she's also really into animation. She just finished a 5000 frame hand drawn animation uh, that it took her a year to accomplish as a music video to one of her songs. Just beautiful stuff. It's, it's fun to see them just get so immersed in to these creative pursuits. And, and I, I love to see that.
0: Yeah. Well, and when you're in new places all the time, too, that is such an educational thing to be out, you know, among people of other cultures and stuff. And so I felt like the times that we've traveled that, you know, why worry about necessarily doing some formal thing when, you know, you have this whole world around you of, of things to enjoy? But
1: yeah, we've learned so much from the people we've encountered, the ideas that we've encountered, never would have heard these. You know, if we just stayed back in Salt Lake City, our, our bubble would have never burst about you know what's possible out there and what what different views are in the world. And then our our daughters have been inspired as well in there in some of their creativity by the places we've been and the people we've met. It's yeah, yeah it's really really transformed us in a lot of ways.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'd love to hear more like how you feel like your paradigm has changed over time and with experience, you know, when you first began this by going to Panama, and then how, you know, how you feel about traveling and doing these kind of educational pursuits with your family? How has that changed over time and with experience? Yeah,
1: well, you know, honestly, it's one of the, the most difficult things we ever encountered was about six months into our travels, where the belief systems that we had held onto so tightly from uh, from our childhood kind of fell apart before our eyes. And we were at a stage of life where we realized we had, I mean, we didn't know what was true, what was real, who we are, what <laughs> which way was up. And we had to kind of reinvent ourselves and reinvent, uh, based on our experience, what it is that we believed about reality. And it was like pulling the rug out from under our feet and uh falling flat on our faces and not knowing what to do so it was very challenging but an absolutely transformational moment because and i think travel continues to give us this which is why we continue to travel but it's the opportunity to constantly reinvent ourselves in every new place we go there there's a different feeling you know there are different people and and it's it's also just an opportunity if we take it to look at ourselves and say well I can shake up my routine, I can I can change my clothes, I can do anything. I'm mean, with it's it's like who do I want to be now? You know, and and after, you know, 36 countries and all the different cities and in, in, involved in that, we've had a constant opportunity to get shaken out of our ruts, whether it's a physical routine kind of rut where we're doing the same things or a mental rut or, a, yeah. or a, a thought process or a belief rut that we're just like, you know, I've I've had this thought process going in my head, why am I still hanging on to that? It's not healthy for me. It's not helping me. Uh, it's not helping anybody. Let's let it go. Or what? Which ones do I want to adopt? Because I think they would be more helpful and healthy. So constant opportunity, I guess, to reinvent ourselves is not easy, uh, and it can be very scary sometimes to let go of, you know, your ide- sense of identity and 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 everything. But I think it's it's transformational.
0: Oh. Love that. That is really the re- of where I started this podcast was um, those changes of paradigm. I think that those are really important to always be examining that. And I think you you have clarified that so well of how travel really helped helped us do that. I mean, like you said, sometimes we hang on to things that are just so unhealthy for us. And until we really challenge those assumptions or those thoughts that we had before, we can either it helps solidify them and realize, okay, this is a true principle, or it's something like, mm-hmm. wow, this is really something. That I was holding on to, that's maybe a traditional thing in my family, or you know, whatever. But it hasn't been helping me, or or serving me, or making me be the person that I'm, you know, meant to be—that more authentic person that you're meant to be. I think that's just that's just amazing. I love it, and I'd love to hear how now you're helping families um, do this kind of thing. Like you said, you want to turn this around now, where you're helping them. What do you feel like? Maybe maybe three key points, or how many ever key points? do You feel like, you know, um, mm-hmm. with your message. You know, tell us about that and how you're helping other people.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, as as we mentioned, I, I run the Family Adventure Summit every year. I also do retreats in Romania. I have online courses and membership programs, different things that I'm doing. And I'm also putting out a ton of free videos and just information and, and, and blogs to, to help families. You know, not just if you want to travel. Yes, there's definitely there. And there's so many questions people have about that. How do we educate our kids? How do I create an income source to fund our travels? Uh, how much does it actually cost to do this? You know, how do I handle relationships on the road? All these different questions. But more than that, I really just, I love the idea of tuning in, taking time to stop and really ask yourself the deep questions. Am I doing, am I living the life right now that I want to be living or, and, and looking ahead at my life, if I keep doing what I'm doing, is that going to get me where I want to go? Do
0: you and, want to be on your deathbed? Like, oh, I wish I would have, you know, versus. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and it's really funny because I remember about a year into our travels. Uh, I mean, we uh, I, I wrote a blog post called "77 Things I Did in 2009" or something, and I I couldn't believe looking at the list everything we'd done in that year. I've truly lived. I really really felt that, and yet here I am, you know, nine years later, still adding to it, and it just it it's invigorating. Yeah, I love the feeling of being able to every year kind of what's the word? I guess rise above where I've been in previous years and just. Continually try to grow and reach a new level of of growth and of learning and of of connection, understanding. So yeah, I mean, I would I would say if for families who are interested in travel, I would first say, you know, first thing, realize that there are thousands of families out there doing it at all budget levels, uh, with various careers. From you know we we the family we're doing the retreat with, for example, they have two children. They're teenagers now. They've been traveling for the past six years on a budget of under $25,000 per year. Wow. To 40 countries. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's totally possible to do uh, this on a budget and still have an incredible experience and a very diverse experience. And yeah, so I would just, I guess the points would, would just be, yes, realize that people are doing it and that it's not just, you know, a few, you know, crazies, but it's actually turning into quite the movement now. And there's a huge supportive community out there, ready to help you and to, to meet up with you in, in different parts of the world and, and to, to kind of be your support network through it all. And that you can do it. You know yeah. the, uh, the, Really, I, I've seen with the, the variety of thousands of different families that are out there doing this, the, the main thing that it enables one family to do it over another is simply the desire and the commitment to do it. Oh, I love that. And, and once you make that, you figure out a way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, on this podcast a lot, I talk about like lighting your mind on fire. And I really see I really hear the passion in your voice about that. Like, it has like, wow, this has lit you on fire. And the fact that you want to help create this for other people, other than kind of the myth of thinking you have to have a ton of money. Do you feel like there are maybe other myths or struggles that people have when they're trying to create this lifestyle? I mean, what are some things like some common things that you hear over and over? Yeah, a big one is
1: safety. They think that uh, especially if you've been raised in the United States, you're you're raised to think that, man, if you go to Mexico, you're just going to get kidnapped and shot. Whereas actually, you know, that kind of stuff is much more common in the United States, believe it or not, statistically speaking. Uh, (laughs) And most people in the rest of the world are more afraid to come to the U.S., uh, than they are to come to other places. We're here in this beautiful cultural town, San Miguel de Mexico. It feels so safe here. The community is welcoming. The weather is perfect, you know, except a little bit cold, like, you know, 60, 65 degrees or just under 20 Celsius. Safety. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're so much more likely to die of a car crash than you are to get bitten by a shark and like so many more times likely to get bitten by a shark than you are to die in a plane crash. I mean, those things are just so rare, yet because they're sensationalized and highlighted so heavily in the media, we think it's just this huge risk and this big uh, scary thing. But you're so much more likely. I mean, the the, the problems that people have on the road typically are the same types of problems that they have in their own neighborhood. They might catch a cold or they might stumble and fall and hurt themselves or that type of thing. And then the question becomes, well, how's the medical care? And this is another thing that has been... Uh, a huge misconception so many people have is that medical care is poor or expensive outside of the United States, whereas in fact uh it's fantastic and so affordable. Uh, we just got our middle daughter braces here in Mexico. Oh wow. And in the States I believe that's six to seven, eight thousand dollars maybe, uh plus you know, several hundred dollars for each follow up visit. Uh, we paid uh two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my to get the braces <laughs> on and $25 for the follow-up appointments. And they're fantastic. And the dentist spoke English. Or, uh, both the dentist and the, and the uh, sorry, no, the optometrist, uh, the orthodontist spoke English well. And they just did a fantastic job. And we've experienced medical care in several parts of the world where you can get doctors to do house calls for like $60. And uh, it's just fantastic medical care. And so in some countries as well, if you have a problem, you can get treated free. Uh, we have a friend who uh, his appendix burst in New Zealand, and he went to the hospital there. Got treated. On the way out, he asked for the bill, and they said, "There's no bill. It's covered. Medical care is free here in New Zealand, even for tourists."
0: Oh wow! So
1: those types of misconceptions, I think, are pretty huge. That as long as you're going somewhere where people live <laughs> <laughs> and where you know where there are actually clinics and hospitals, which is the majority of the world, and and maybe you know you're not in sub-Saharan Africa or some remote village you know, that you're pretty much going to be fine. I mean, we live in the modern world, even even in what is considered third world countries.
0: Before we go on, please listen to this message. If you enjoy this content, you can help us with as little or as much as you'd like over at patreon.com backslash the luminous mind. These funds help us to continue to produce illuminating content with needed equipment and resources to spread the message of changing the educational paradigm. We appreciate all the ways our listeners help us continue this effort through patreon.com backslash the luminous mind by expanding exclusive content, giving away gifts and giving patrons first seen products on patreon.com backslash the luminous mind. with Brandon Pierce who's helping others live a dream life yeah we went to Paris shortly after there's a terrorist attack and they had so many people like before we were leaving like wow that's so scary I can't believe you're going to take your kids over there and you're going to do all that and actually the security of course is heightened like it is here in the United States but it was just as safe and you know all of those things and then the misconception too of how rude people are and we found that even as Americans, you know, a lot of people think that uh, if, you, if Americans travel, that people are rude to you or whatever, or they don't like Americans. And that's totally not what I found at all, you know, when we were <laughs> we were traveling. And so I backed that up. There are so many myths about how dangerous it is and how scary and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was a huge eye opener to our kids because they had heard that kind of stuff. And then when they were out, they were like, wow, people are such liars. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it's not like that at all. So. That's awesome, yeah, I think
1: it really depends on how you are as a traveling family as well, and how you know kind and considerate and, and polite you are to the people you're interacting with,
0: yeah, well, and do you feel like maybe that's another great way that we could move? you know what are maybe some quick, common things that you feel like you could you know share with us about making travel a little bit easier, especially with kids and stuff i'm We kind of found that too. Like you were saying, maybe, uh, some of our older kids aren't as willing to, to go along. Maybe do you have any tips like that? That traveling with kids might be an easier, you know, things that you can do to make it easier. Something like that. (laughs)
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's it it's, it depends on the ages of your kids, right? If you're traveling with an infant or a baby, you'll need different types of things that you bring along. You know, we never traveled with a stroller, for example. It was always a baby carrier, and that just made it easy. And then, uh, as soon as our daughter could walk, she did, and that's how it is in a lot of the world. And you know, we find that our our kids are super capable. But yeah, as they get older, you know, sometimes if if maybe they don't want to go along with with a certain location or a certain travel plan, you know, what we like to do is as much as possible, try to involve our kids in the travel planning. So, you know, we talk, we have little meetings as a family and we say, where do you want to go? What are you excited about? Sometimes it's nowhere and that's cool too. And we stay put for a while because sometimes what we do want is to rest in between our adventures or to get more immersed in a, in a certain community that we're in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and other times it's, it's, for example, we had spent the first several years of our travels in tropical places because we had grown up in a desert and in the, the freezing cold, and we, we were ready for some jungle. But our kids, turns out, really missed the snow. So they said, we want snow. We want to try skiing. We want to have a Christmas with snow and that kind of thing. So we decided for the next couple of years we would do snow. And so we did. And uh, they were totally on board with that, you know, so excited about it. So I think it's, it's really just a matter of, you know, taking the kids' interest in, in, in to heart and, and doing things as a family, not just, you know, dictating as adults what you want to do.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of the difference. Uh, I think you learn how to parent different when you travel more. Uh, Like in the United States, when you stay put, it's a very authoritarian type of style of parenting. But when you're traveling, you do have to take that into consideration about what you want to do. I mean, it definitely becomes more of a, like a mentoring, you know, situation where you're all kind of working together. And at least that's how I felt like trying to catch our trains and stuff. We were all kind of working together to make sure that happened, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've even given our kids the opportunity at times to Uh, you know, we put one of them in charge to booking the flight or finding a hotel or leading us through the airport, you know, just to give them that experience and help help all of us kind of feel like we're a part of the journey, too.
0: Yeah. Well, and how soon do you move on between things? I mean, that's one struggle that we had when we aren't location independent, we only have like three weeks to to be someplace. And it just seems like we're running and we're not enjoying it as much. I mean, what would be your advice on that? Like moving on? How soon do you feel like is well, a good time? It depends
1: for us, you know we're we're at a point now, like when we first traveled, we were just loving, just going crazy, and every couple of days or a couple of weeks we'd go somewhere new. we were in Costa Rica, but a different part of it now it's if we're doing that fast of a pace, uh we get burned out really quick, yeah, like we did a, a two and a half month road trip through Spain and France a few years ago, and by the end of it, we were just so drained all we wanted to do was sit and veg for like months. So uh, now what we try to do is stay as long as we can, really, as long as our visa will allow us in whatever country we're going to. And then we either take a short trip and come back, like a couple weeks and come back, or we go somewhere uh, longer term. And actually, this year and next year, you know, now that we have all these projects going, most of our travels are revolving around these projects. It's scoping out new locations for the Family Adventure Summit. This year it's going to be here in San Miguel de Allende over Day of the Dead, which will be uh, awesome. So now we're we're going to travel to a few places where we think we might want to do it in 2019 and 2020. Uh, Then we're also, of course, we're going to be spending the summer this year in Eastern Europe as we're um, around our retreat. And we'll just kind of stay in that area to take advantage of the time there.
0: That's awesome. Well, and I imagine too, like after you've been to 36 countries, like coming back must have a nostalgic feeling for you, you know, like, I mean, maybe you can kind of go slower and just enjoy more things instead of like when you're first doing it, you kind of do feel a rush because you never know if you're going to get back there. Do you know what I mean? Like, at least yeah. that's kind of how I felt before. But
1: that's uh, the different mindset I think of it is when you go to a place is that like we, we try not we try to avoid the mindset of, you know, the fear of missing out. I've got to see this. I got to see that. And just try to soak in what comes up, you know, the the culture, the people, uh, the food, and just enjoy what we do get to experience, knowing that someday, maybe we can come back.
0: Yeah. Well, and being very mindful about, you know, enjoying that day or that time that Mm -hmm. you have there. And that's... That's a huge uh, plus to enjoying your time. But I'd love to hear kind of some of your feedback of what you're getting about the Family Adventure Summit. What's the feedback you're getting about that message? And how are you helping other people be more successful?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, this is our this will be our second year. First year, people absolutely loved it. And I was personally uh, blown away by the response. So of of everyone who is at the family adventure summit last year, 74% of them immediately booked for the next year. So that kind of shows you, you know, how much people uh, enjoyed and appreciated the event and wanted to experience it again. So um, that was just a, a shock to me and really exciting. But as far as how the message has been received, just amazingly. Uh, there was a family, for example, who the uh, dad was uh, an ophthalmologist, I believe. And after the summit, you know, they were just kind of thinking about it. They were toying with the idea, is this something we want to do to travel the world? Uh, he, after, right after the summit went and sold his practice and they've, they've totally changed their lives and now they're living in Bali. So it's just interesting to see the life changes that people are making, uh, as they, as they see, they come to this event, you know, and you can hear, you hear the, the, the talks in the, the keynote sessions and immerse yourself in the discussions. There's also a really cool kids program with like 40 different educational activities they can participate in. But more than all of that, it's meeting other people who are actually doing it and yeah. being able to ask them your, your questions and, and really form friends that a lot of the friends we made on the road. That's been one of our highlights. And some of the things we like to do are just like who we get with a couple couple families. We say, hey, let's meet up here and travel around together for a few weeks. And it just becomes an incredibly It's a connecting experience between the families, and like when we're going out on hikes, it's not just us, for example, it's a family doing it. The kids have their friends, we have adult conversation, and it's it's a good way to go. So I I really... Uh, I think these, these types of events are fantastic ways to meet other families who are doing this and to really make make good friends on the road.
0: Yeah, and help you solidify that it's it's possible for sure. So have you ever met any families that are maybe they have like a home base, but then they do a lot of travel? Is that a possible? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're talking um, about
0: living off of 25,000, I'm like, well, how do you do that if you had a home base or something?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, of course, the longer you travel, like if you stay in a place for a month, it's so much cheaper than if you go for a couple weeks because you can get the monthly rate on, on a daily basis, right? Yeah. Because you can, you can uh, pay less for rent, you know, everything costs less, uh, especially if you get some free accommodations, you work out a home exchange or a, or a house sit or something like that. But yeah, many, many families do this with a home base. If, in fact, if you go to uh, familyadventure family adventure summit, summit.com slash finance dash survey, there is a, a survey we put out where we have results uh, that I, we asked you know families how much they're spending uh, to travel how much they're earning you know whether they have a home base or not and you can kind of see the statistics and how it plays out but yeah there's a, a very good percentage I can't remember the exact number right now but do travel from a home base maybe it's just uh, a few months out of the year maybe some families will work really hard for half of the year and then travel for the rest of the year oh, and then cool. they come back and they repeat the process and as far as as income and finances it's interesting uh, You know, a large number are entrepreneurs and do own businesses of various types. But I think uh, one of the other more popular methods that people fund travel adventures like this is just they have a regular job, but it's online. So they negotiate with their boss to work remotely or they find a new job that allows them to work online, uh, which is becoming so much more common now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think businesses are even seeing a huge, I mean, they're not having to have a physical building and all that, that they see that you can use people's homes to help, you know, grow your business for sure. Exactly. So what do you feel like um, you've learned from mentoring other people? I mean, we learn a lot from doing it ourselves, but when we mentor others, that's when some growth really comes. What do you feel like you have learned from that? Yeah, I think
1: the main thing that really stands out to me right now, the first thing that's coming to mind is just that just how capable we are as human beings you know, we all have things that we kind of hold ourselves back by. We talked about this a little bit with, you know, breaking free of, of the paradigms that we're currently in and seeing new perspectives, but just seeing so many people make these decisions that are really transforming their lives in, in new ways, it it's inspiring to me. And it makes me want to continue looking deeper within myself. It makes me realize that there's an infinite level of depth here that I can go, an infinite level of learning, and I'm never going to be you know, hundred percent, you know, complete. And uh, it, it just makes life exciting to know that there's always more growth around the corner.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is true. Like when you're seeing that, that fire, not lighting the minds on fire again, coming out, it really is inspiring to you too. like to know that, that you're helping other people break free of those like paradigms that we had. That's great. Do you feel like there are any um, books that you would recommend to our audience? I mean, of course, we want to go to your family adventure summit, <laughs> but maybe something to help us get started until we can get there. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, the books I mentioned earlier uh, really helped me. The 4-Hour Week, Maya Frost, New Global Student, although there's a new one that came out now by Daniel Prince called Choose Life, I believe it's called. Uh, you can look up Daniel Prince on Amazon. I'm sure you'll find it, which is kind of more about the sharing economy, but it's a lot about how to travel on a budget. And yeah, if you're interested in minimalism, uh, I mean, there's a lot of books on that. I, oh, yeah. I really enjoy uh, enjoyed The Power of Less is, was my first introduction to it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I don't think we realize how much sometimes the stuff that we have is creating a lot of baggage in our life that we don't need or want, you know, once we free ourselves. Like, I mean, that's what I found, like, when I finally was getting rid of things. I mean, I was really, really realizing that it was kind of like, it was almost like stuff that was smothering me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... And that, that can yeah, be really, absolutely very freeing feeling too. So do you feel like there are habits in your personal life that help you be successful in kind of either changing these paradigms or being a better traveler?
1: Yes, uh, I have a pretty long list of habits that I, <laughs> I kind of keep up. But first, I just want to say, yeah, I, I can't tell you enough about how liberating it felt to let go of all of our stuff, like to sell the house, to sell all the stuff in it and just own what we carried on our backs. I mean, we put a little bit in storage, but man, just, it felt so freeing. And, you know, we've collected a, a few more things since then. And we now actually, uh, we ended up buying a house here in Mexico, uh, which we, we rent out on Airbnb, but it feels less like, feels less of a burden than it did because we're not here all the time. And it's, it's seen almost as an investment property, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, some of the habits that I, <laughs> that I take on. So uh, every morning I, of course I do exercise and I, uh, I meditate a little bit. I do some reading, but I, I always take time to think about things that I'm grateful for, think about how I want to feel. Um, you know, what, you know, my, my plan, I, I take a lot of time planning, not just today, but, you know, this week and this, this, the entire year or future years. And I review that plan regularly. I kind of I, I like the idea. And I talk about this in my, my Dream Achievement Blueprint program, which is another online course that I have about achieving your dreams. One of my favorite things is to write a story. And I imagine myself a year from now looking back And I write everything that is going to happen within that year, just looking back from the perspective of it having already happened. And then I review that every single week, uh, sometimes more. And sometimes I'll update it. If something new happens or a new insight comes, I want to change it, I'll change it. But it just keeps the vision fresh for me and helps me move forward to the things that I want to create.
0: That's awesome. I think that sometimes if we can, I mean, may have heard a lot about vision boards and stuff like that. But if we can kind of create that story, we make that stuff come true, versus like uh, someday down the future, you know, whatever. I mean, if we're constantly reliving that story, it helps with that legacy. So that's great. Well, and let's kind of move into that. What do you feel like maybe some long term goals that you have are? And how is that working into the legacy that you hope to leave behind?
1: Yeah, this is kind of what I'm doing now. And one of the things that I I actually just recently had an idea for that I'm I'm now in the process of of implementing is to create a foundation. Uh, We're donating uh, 100% of the profits from Family Adventure Summit to this foundation, which will then fund projects like, uh, you know, providing scholarships for students to go on a gap year, for example, or for low income families to be able to experience a new part of the world, or just to help in local communities around the world where there's a need. So I mean, there's there's a lot of potential and opportunity there. So uh, I look forward to expanding that and looking for other ways that that we can make a positive difference around the globe in different ways.
0: That's cool. I mean, and that's kind of where we kind of Uh, at least I would hope that we all kind of get to, is that we want to kind of give back to, you know, the world and anyway, and what we've been given and give that back to other people for sure. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear more about what's what's happening with this Family adventure Summit and how it's going to grow. Before we say goodbye, do you have any parting advice for our listeners? And then give us your contact information, ways that we can find some of these programs that we've talked about. Yeah, you know, my
1: parting advice would just be to... Pause, you know, <laughs> take take a breath and, and look at, look at your at yourself, at your life, at, at your feelings. and you know I, I don't advocate travel for travel's sake. I believe it has the power to be transformative, but I also believe you know there's transformation to be had in any type of lifestyle if you're looking for it, and if, if that's your uh, on your radar. So I would just encourage you to take some time for yourself to really think about what it is you want to create in life. And you know have the uh, the, the belief that it, that you can do it, and uh, and that's the first step to getting there.
0: Oh, I think that's the thing that stops us, right? Is that we don't believe that we don't have a like a belief that that's possible for sure. So, and your contact information, he has a ton of websites. I'm I'm going to definitely post all of them on his show notes page, but maybe some of the top ones that you want to give to our sure. audience.
1: Yeah, if you go to pierceonearth.com, our last name is Pierce, P-E-A-R-C-E, unearth.com. That is has been our family travel blog since we started, where we also write about education, entrepreneurship, and a lot of the other projects that we're involved in. So if you want to kind of browse through that, that's a good place to go. Of course, and you can you can contact us there as well through the contact page. Of course, there's Family Adventure Summit. Uh, if you're interested in our retreats in Romania, that's at homeintheworldretreat.com. Those are the main ones. <laughs> if you want to go to Dream Achievement Blueprint is, is my online course I mentioned. Uh, and then there's also the uh, Family Travel Accelerator, which is a monthly live training that I give each month, obviously, with a live Q&A at the end to get your questions answered. I cover various things regarding traveling the world long-term as a family. And I'm also <laughs> working on a documentary, which I didn't mention, but yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah, and, and who's the documentary with?
1: Well, um, it is... I mean, we could mention that. Yeah, the documentary that I'm working on is called Into the Wind. Uh, you can go to intothewindfilm.com to see that. And it's we're doing it actually with the same family that we're running the retreats with, but also a former producer from National Geographic and a production house in the UK. And we have all kind of joined forces together on this labor of love project to put this thing together. So we're following the stories of several different families who are traveling around the world and kind of highlighting the movement that is this new way to to view the world and to live in the world. Wow, As families.
0: That's just awesome. Like you said, and there's so many people that are moving this direction that it's really fun to see that it's kind of catching fire that we don't feel like we have to be so bound to one place all the time and, and have some weird belief systems <laughs> that we've had <laughs> in the past. But I appreciate it. That's awesome. Again, we've been speaking with Brandon Pierce. He's the founder of the Family Adventure Summit. You can find his travel blog at pierceonearth.com. Correct? Pierce on earth.com. Awesome. And then the family adventure um, My husband found him on Instagram. I guess they have a ton of fun pictures and stuff. Um, they've got Facebook pages, things like that, that go with that. But again, we're going to be sure to post all of that information, link all that information that we've discussed today on our website as well. But thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on and joining us and helping to light our minds on fire on this really important topic of travel. I appreciate it.
1: Rebecca, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Brandon Pierce, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list and help us continue production of Illuminating content by sponsoring us at patreon.com backslash luminousmind to get exclusive content. Subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and now Instagram. To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a review. Share our content. Tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education.